Ladies, the Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week, we have the OG trio of Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki, and, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd, uh, we have the... What I can only assume was a fantastic pay-per-view on Sunday night in Stomping Grounds. From what I hear, best wrestling on the planet, period. Uh, <laughs> I said on the show last week, obviously I mentioned a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago that I canceled the network when Brock won the briefcase. That was the last straw for me. Said I wasn't going to watch Stomping Grounds. I lived up to my word. And did not. Uh, I also didn't watch anything on Monday or Tuesday. Also, I'll get this out of the way, straight out of the gate. Uh, had like a really stressful Sunday night, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and most of the day today. Did not fall asleep. I have not been to sleep since I woke up yesterday morning. So I'm like, I think I'm on hour 37 or 38 of being awake. So I'm not all there. If uh, I lose my train of thought, uh, forgive me. But I have not been to sleep in quite some time. Uh, so you think about pulling a prep and just? <laughs> I can't do that. Like I, it takes. I can't fall asleep sitting up. I have to be like in a comfortable sleeping position to fall. Yeah, preps asleep. a rare. Preps a rare gem. Yeah, man. I envy his ability to fall asleep. <laughs> Because like, I, I told this to Eck earlier. I was like three or four times last night. I like laid down to go to bed, like exhausted and just was not happening. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm just awake. I'm, I'm wide awake. I can't get settled. And it just didn't happen. Around 7 or 7.30 this morning, I was like, all right, I think I could fall asleep now. Laid down to go to sleep. Nothing. So hopefully tonight's a different story. I think it will be because I really am exhausted. Uh, do we want to do ratings first, or do you guys want to just give some thoughts on the pay-per-view as a whole? Well, Howard's been waiting, so come All on right, in, so we'll bring him in. <laughs> the following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get... Thank you, Howard. <laughs> so, Alo, we might as well start with you since you introduced our guest. Can I yeah. Okay, no, because you've been freezing. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Um, yeah. We might as well start with you. Give your rating and your thoughts on Stomping Grounds. Well, WWE, they're, they're really trying to make me want to go to Extreme Rules. <laughs> really? For $20. Because me and Eric, cause Eric's been trying, you know, you know, Eric, Eric trying to get me to spend money is like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. 
so, so they're really, really trying. But I'll give the show a slobber knock. It was really good, yeah, I thought. And that's coming off of me not watching Raw and SmackDown for, two, for the two weeks prior. So I was actually talking to you um, during the pre-show about how this is actually pretty cool and I haven't watched in two weeks. But I really thought it was good. I thought the Cruiserweight match on the pre-show was great. I don't know if anybody got a chance to see that. I thought um, the New Day versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn was really good. Daniel Bryan and Rowan against Heavy Machinery. I'm, I'm assuming you guys didn't see Daniel Bryan cut an excellent promo on the pre-show about tag team wrestling, about how the parody has become. Yeah, I know it's the pre-show. It should have been before the match, but that promo was excellent. So, like, that match meant a lot more if you saw that promo that he cut on the pre-show. I thought that was fine. Kofi and Dolph, it's, at this point, it's whatever. We've been seeing this for almost 10 years now, for the most part. And when it comes to Seth and Baron Corbin, now, when... um. Lacey came out as a referee. I could not stop laughing because even when he said, "I found my referee," she's going to be it's going to be a person with honor and stuff like that. <laughs> and he picks a lady, which I thought was, was fantastic. And Baron Corbin, he might be the only real heel WWE has because nobody actually likes him. And that was actually a heel move. That he Except the big did. cat, right? Huh? Yeah, the big cat, the only one that likes. Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, the inspirational Baron Corbin. But um. But then, like, I didn't put Becky getting involved. I didn't put two and two together until like it actually happened. Oh, and I was really? Like, yeah, I didn't put that. I didn't put two and two together at the time. And I was like, because eh. I was because like I remember I, I talked to you in the beginning when the show first started. They kept saying girlfriend Seth Rollins or her boyfriend defends the Universal Title tonight. Oh well, will her boyfriend retain the title in the main event tonight? So I didn't put two and two, two and two together, but. My first instinct was, and this goes hand in hand, but it's not the same thing. But it's like when it's like when something becomes trendy, it quickly becomes trash because you push it to the moon, or everybody has it, and they're pushing this whole Rollins and Becky thing way too much. Now, I'm, now I don't mind what they did on Sunday because they went all in with it on Monday and made made a big deal about it. It's just not something I want to throw away. So that kind of rectified it for me. But I get a show of stuff. Like, it was a really fun show. And, yeah, before we get to X rating, what you just said about something going from trendy to trash, anyone out there listening who has ever watched the Philadelphia 76ers on TV, that made me think of play-by-play announcer Mark Zumoff has one of his famous catchphrases, turning garbage into gold. And WWE is very good at turning gold into garbage. They do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, because because I was going on a um, reverse. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you guys know, you guys know when I go on a rant, I don't shut up. So I, I was going, I was going on, a, I was going on a, a fashion rant about women in neon green. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, look, when everybody has it, it's quickly quickly going to become trash. And I went through trends over the last five six years that. Nobody even wears anymore. So it's just like WWE's the same thing. It's like, okay, that's hot. We're going to push this to the moon, but it's whatever. That was point. my that was my concern with R-Truth in the 24-7 championship is like they're going to – but maybe he's like he's like foolproof. Maybe. Oh, at this point he is. Um, Eck, what are, what are your, what's your rating and what are your thoughts on stomping ground? 
Be- before I give mine, I'm just a little confused because I thought when Aaron started that, it was uh, Slavernaki, but just at the end, did he just sprinkle a showstopper on that? No. Uh, I, I you think said showstopper I think you did say end. it, um, but I don't think I didn't you did. showstopper. You, you said showstopper at the end. Oh, did I? Oh, I think yeah. you did, but I think it was like a, a slip of the tongue. Not the uh, listeners not what are driving actually, to work yeah. and they're, they're <laughs> swerving their off the road. Right now. Yeah, I don't believe that was yeah, what he actually yeah. thought. I think that was a, a just a yeah. slip of the tongue. Yeah, yeah. I don't want Richie to poor Richie to crash. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm giving it I'm giving it a a, a slobber knocker as well. It, uh, it it was a good show. I didn't get to pay too close attention to some matches. Uh, being completely honest, I, I, there's a few matches on the card I just wasn't completely interested in. So there was like two or three matches that I kind of just walked away from my tablet while I was out of state and trying to enjoy life. Uh, but the matches I did, like the cage match for what it was, I, I enjoyed. I loved the the finish. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, Lacey Evans being the special guest referee just because I didn't see it coming. I've been saying since the dawn of this show, if you surprise me and do something I don't see coming, mark for a I'm, u- I- I'm usually a fan of it. Um, but, damn, you know what? I think i got to change my rating. <laughs> really? Aaron. Yes. Did we not, speaking of Bulletproof, did we not see Truth on the show? He wasn't on Stomping Grounds, I don't believe. This thing's a dud. I give it a zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what a waste. I give it a zero. I, I I take it all back. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention um, Ricochet and Samoa Joe. I thought that match was excellent. And like as I told you guys, a quick accolade check. <laughs> Ricochet is the first champion of the United States and North America at the same before. So ah. congratulations, Ricochet. Yeah, congratulations to Ricochet. Um, well, speaking of our truth, he's the only person to hold the twenty four seven championship and the NWA World Heavyweight <laughs> Championship. And you have to think there's a good chance he might be the only one to ever do it. Like, I mean, who else? Is there if AJ? Win, AJ could win it, or Jarrett pins him backstage as an agent. <laughs> that would be funny. Adam Pierce pins him backstage as an agent. <laughs> I was just trying to think of how many NWA champions are there and how many are still out there that could even end up in WWE. But uh, R-Truth is the first to do it, so nobody else who does it will really matter anyway. Uh, so my thoughts obviously are not going to hold much weight. I'm just going to go Slobberknocker because I was scrolling through social media a little bit throughout the night, and it seemed like people were receiving it much more positively than I'm used to. Uh, now, there was some, like, belly aching about Lacey Evans being the ref. Uh, but, like, whatever. I, I, I felt like they they delivered more for the online fan than it seems like they, they have in a while. It wasn't the type of complaining I'm used to. So, for that, I'll give it a slobber knocker because I didn't have to scroll through a bunch of insufferable, annoying tweets from a bunch of smarks. Uh so I do have one issue, and it's an issue that I brought up being concerned about last week. And that is this whole idea of Becky Lynch being Seth's girlfriend, or Seth being Becky's boyfriend. Like, I'm 40 years old. And 
they are both in their 30s, or Becky's at least close to 30 if she's not 30 already. Like, why are we hyping up a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship like it's high school? If I want to watch <laughs> high school drama... Because it's a show for kids. If I want to watch high school drama, I'll go back and watch episodes of the OC, or I'll turn on HBO and watch Euphoria with Zendaya. Like, I don't need Seth Rollins arguably the greatest wrestler in the world and Becky Lynch probably the greatest female wrestler in the world right now having their story about being boyfriend and girlfriend I find it really annoying I find it really corny I like cringe at it I did appreciate Becky tweeted uh, there was a tweet that they had about the two of them and she was like I don't remember exactly what it was but it was like enough lads or something like that yeah (laughs) like she's had enough of it now um, does it annoy either one of you as much as it annoys me? Because I think it's really stupid. Uh, it doesn't bother me that much, but I just think there's something better they could do with it, or... I don't know. It it, it seems a little too forced. I don't think the execution's perfect. But like Aaron said earlier, I, I like that they're following it up with the... Um, extreme rules match that we're getting the mixed the mixed tag match if we were just going to be getting like you know the four of them costing each other's match that could have been a little too formulaic or predictable but this mixed match a uh, mixed tag match with both titles on the line it's actually a little interesting um that is interesting to me it's just like childish and <laughs> it's so, so I, I got to see my favorite comedian, Gary Goleman, on Wednesday night. And he did like a whole 80-minute set where he kept referring to his wife. And the last I had heard, he was not married to this woman, but he kept referring to her as his wife. I'm like, oh, Gary must have got married at some point since the last time I saw him. And then after the show ended, because this was the last warm-up show he was doing before taping his HBO special... He kind of talked to the crowd a little bit afterwards, and he said, like, a couple things. Uh, I'm not married. She is my girlfriend, he said. But, like, I felt like it sounds kind of sad that I'm in my late 40s talking about my girlfriend. Like, oh, he's not even married. So, and that was, like, one of the things that clicked to me. is like, yeah, it, it does sound, like, juvenile when you're always talking about your, your boyfriend or your, or your girlfriend. And I just think it's silly. But... Seth and Baron Corbin with Lacey Evans. Was it an entertaining main event? Because I know there was some talk about Baron. I think, who was it? Jericho said that like Baron Corbin shouldn't be in a main event. Uh, Eck, do you want to go first? Do you think this was a, a good main event? Or was the surprise enough to make it a good main event for you? I think, I think the match was executed well. Because as as dislikable Baron Corbin is, he really, the focus was off of him because the match all became about Seth Rollins being screwed. Seth Rollins having a questionably formidable opponent, but meanwhile at the same time, he's got this special guest referee that's doing slow counts, uh, changing the rules every every, uh, so often in the match to help favor Baron Corbin. And, you know, faking an injury so she can't count when he's got the match won. So I, I think the match was good overall. I mean, it really was showing the deck stacked against Seth Rollins. 
Um, it obviously isn't Seth Rollins versus, uh, I, I don't know, uh, any of the good matches we've Finn seen. Finn Balor at SummerSlam three years yeah, ago? Yeah, that. It, it's not the gauntlet match on Raw. It's not him versus Roman. It's not him versus Dean. It's not him versus Triple H. But it was a good match. And Ayla, what do you think? Good main event? Or was it more storyline set up than main event not to cut, match? Not to cut Aaron off, mm-hmm. I guess, perfect words. For a uh, B-level pay-per-view, it was a good main event. Alo, you agree with that? Yeah, it was good for it was good for storyline purposes because because like 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 um, Corbin said earlier in the show, I, I'm trying to find somebody with honor and stuff like that. <laughs> he, he found a lady, and to an extent, she did call down the middle until a certain point of the match. Then she started creating new rules, wouldn't count Corbin out, made the match no disqualification. So like that, that match was storyline driven. It also set up something else. And to go off what you asked about the whole boyfriend-girlfriend thing, I don't have a problem with it if it leads to something. You know, like, like the whole John Cena-Nikki Bella thing, that you couldn't, you had to kind of embrace that a bit because of Total Divas, but you never actually saw them together on TV until that whole Miss and Maurice thing. Right. You know, so I, I don't really have a problem with Seth and Becky doing this right now because it's actually lead, leading to something. But I thought Lacey Evans did a great job in her role at Extreme at um. What was this pay-per-view? Um, stomping around. Stomping the ground. <laughs> I wonder if Lacey Evans is going to be, like, I. so, obviously I think the, the mark I make on this show is I typically like, I'll, like, gravitate towards people that are a little bit unconventional. Um, and, like, Lacey Evans, I, I liked immediately for, for the reasons I've talked about many times before. I have to say it because it's one of my favorite phrases I've ever come up with on this show. She's like a soccer mom who wants to speak to your manager. I love that whole vibe that she gives off. Uh, And I think, like, the Iconics were like this a little bit, where, like, we loved how funny they were and how sarcastic they were and how annoying they were. But there were large segments of the fan base that, like, didn't like them and were, like, booing them when they talked. And it's like, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be annoying the shit out of you. They're doing their job, and I think she does that. I'm curious if, like, a year from now, People love Lacey Evans, who don't seem to like her that much now. Um, how was her match with Becky? Because they opened, fine. right? Yeah, it was fine. Nothing spectacular. It was a fine match. She tapped out right away. Oh, really? I love that, too. I'm yeah. always a big fan of, of a heel tapping out immediately. Like, like one of one of my favorite... singular like visuals we've seen in the time we've done this podcast is dash and dawson tapping out together (laughs) there's just something about like that the like cowardice or whatever that i really enjoy um kind of like what we talked about when kevin owens had that feud with braun and we wanted to see kevin owens like not do anything but act like he won like i i I really thoroughly enjoy that uh was the bailey alexa match any better uh, no, that was fine too. It was basically to push storyline because they're doing something with Nikki Cross and Alexa. I, I'm interested to see wh- where they go because on SmackDown, Nikki Cross won against Bailey to get Alexa another shot at the title. I wonder if this is a setup Nikki Cross and Alexa for the title. What well, would make sense? You'd think it's only a matter of time before they put the belt back on Alexa. 
I mean, you know that they are big fans of her. And clearly, like, I, I really like Bailey, and I wish her all the success. But I think, would all three of us agree that Alexa is a much more interesting and entertaining women's champion than Bailey is? At this point, yeah. Eck, do you have any issue with that, or do you agree? I agree, but at the same time, I think Alexa's character is strong enough where... She doesn't need it? She, yeah, she doesn't need it, because I think... She she did she was such a good character while she wasn't even ring ready to host her own show and do whatever, but she could, you know, lose to Bailey and then be mad at Nikki and assault Nikki and then they could have their own feud and then, you know, Bailey could either then go to defend against Nikki and Alexa screw her. But I, I'd like to, you know, be my, my bias wants to see Bailey have some type of a good run and I, I don't think Alexa needs it. She's obviously had more title reigns. Um, they're, they're more noteworthy for sure. Or in both shows. Yeah. And I think even I did watch, uh, the, the promo or the, the, the segment that Bailey did with Alexa and Nikki. And I mean, Bailey even alluded to it. Like you screwed over everyone that you've been friends with and you're going to screw over Nikki too. So I, I think it's, pretty clear that that's where it's going to end up is the two of them going at it now do you do you think there's any chance that like i guess not because they've they've kind of had nikki be a very different character than what we've seen her be before i was gonna say do you think there's any chance we get like nikki goes crazy on alexa or do you think the only avenue is alexa just stabs her in the back well i would like a curveball yeah, if Alexa stabs her in the back, I think we get full, full, full out Nikki Cross, and that would be fun because Alexa, we, we always bash out a lot of these wrestlers aren't actors, but Alexa can actually act to an act to an extent, and she can actually sell everything Nikki Cross would actually possibly do. Right, like how many times did she make Nia look great by being so good at being terrified of her? Yeah, or like like slowly like easing her way away from from Nia Jax. Like I I, yeah. I do agree with that that she really is a, is a good actor. Um, so the cage match, Alo, you mentioned it's kind of what we've grown accustomed to with these two guys and with cage matches. I do I agree with you. That was maybe the highlight of the night on social media was the the way Kofi finished the match. Uh, like the, really cool the suicide dive, but I don't I don't recall ever seeing that to to finish a cage match before. I have no wrong. recollection of something like that. And I and you guys obviously could attest to this better than me because I didn't watch it. Somebody on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, said they really liked the match because there weren't a lot of moments where the guy about to escape the cage was going like so slow, which is another thing that you you grow accustomed yeah. to, like. Did you notice that, that there was less of that than normal or not really? Um, I, I don't want to say I noticed less of that. I think, and this could be me liking stipulation matches a little too much, I kind of was waiting for kind of like a large spot to happen because of the, the work and the physicality that these two guys are known to do in, in like a la- ladder match. I thought when they were at the top of the cage, we would get something like that. That's why I was kind of surprised like when the match ended. Like I, I liked the ending, but I still thought we were going to get a little something more. You felt like it was like missing something. 
Yeah, I thought it was a little anticlimactic. Like I thought we could have seen, you know, some some spot. Not not that it needed. Not that like you know it was we were complete, uh, completely cheated from it. Also, uh, one thing I noticed, and I, I didn't uh, know this, so I, I heard a different review on it. Um, the crowd seemed dead to me during the match, and I didn't know if it's just because of like I haven't really seen SmackDown. I, didn't I know am really happy you brought that up. But supposedly because... in the sta- in the arena, there was no there was no screens, and well, it was like half full. Yeah, because the hard cam side they blocked off. If, if there was a an image I saw of like two entire sides, it was like literally half of the arena had a mm-hmm. curtain up because there was nobody sitting there. And I saw a lot of like firsthand reports of like people that had seats up high were able to move down because they wanted to make it look full. People that were on the sides got pushed uh, to face the hard cam because they wanted to make it look full. So that's probably why the crowd sounded dead is because there was nobody there. Like half that too. And I don't think it's even a big arena. I think they said something like they only sold 4,500 tickets. They were giving out tickets at the mall or something and like buy one, get one half off or buy one, get one free. Like they went all out to try to get people there and nobody showed up. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think it was something like, uh, something like that where, there, there was something like 4,500 tickets were paid for, but it was like, you know, still less than 7,000 in the building. It's crazy. Yeah, I think that was the number I read, like six 6,000 and something in attendance. Do you think I, – I hate to go off this on this tangent because I feel like we, we do it a lot, um, but I think WWE is so big and so – for so long, they have been ruling over the world of wrestling. But with the the level of popularity of AEW, the level of excitement of AEW, even though a lot of people could write off AEW as not competition because they're not going to be going head-to-head against them on Monday night or head-to-head against SmackDown on Friday night. and But all of these little factors to me, make me feel like AEW is more threatening to them than anyone realized. Like, even this week, their ratings for Raw were only up, like, 1% from the previous week. 2.18 million viewers. Like, that's not many people watching. Uh, I think it's less about AEW going directly head-to-head with them. I think it's about people are walking away from WWE... And those people are interested in AEW. Like, do you, do you think that they might be more threatening to WWE than a lot of people thought, and probably even we thought like six months ago or three months ago? I think when you just go off the numbers of like Monday and Tuesday's attendance, or I'm sorry, um, Sunday and Monday, I don't know nothing about what SmackDown was. I, I think there's no way to argue it. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's my philosophy is like they're not going head to head, but they're giving people an excuse to just give up on WWE. Like yeah. me being like my, a perfect my example. My brother who's like not even close to being like a casual fan, like he asked me, I think like the week after Double or Nothing, he's like, hey, did you watch that AEW show? I was like, yeah. I was like, it was awesome. I was like, uh, you know, I bought her in Bleacher Report. If you want my password for it to watch <laughs> it, like I highly recommend it. And 
he he did watch the the Rhodes brothers match, and he said he said it was good. Said it was enjoyable. He couldn't believe it was that good when you see the two people involved in it. And it was one of those things like he watched it like a week later. So we're talking three, two, three weeks later. Um, this is like an hour before stomping grounds. He can just randomly brings it up. He's like, wow. So Vince really's got some uh, competition <laughs> and like just bring, brings it up out of the blue. And this is someone that, you know, besides the like, clips he watches on the wrestling classic or on Instagram, he, I, I don't even think he watches three wrestling matches a year. So right, and like that's the thing you got like real casual in. people that are that are able to catch catch that information. And it's not like I'm force feeding him and be like, "Yo, you should get back into it. You should watch this. You should watch." Like he's just it's just stuff he comes by on his own. It's catching people's attention. So the night of um, Double or Nothing. Uh, you guys both met Phil. Phil is not a big wrestling fan. He watches here and there. And he got so fired up about Cody breaking the throne, about Dean Ambrose showing up. He was, like, so fired up about it. He was fired up, up, fired up enough about it that he's not a wrestling fan. He bought an AEW t-shirt the next day. So, like, <laughs> that that tells you, like... People are excited about this in a way that no one has been excited about wrestling in a long time. Like, even at the beginning of us doing Matt Madness, when we were more positive and we were enjoying it more, would you say every week we were, like, fired up to watch Raw? Because I don't think we were, like, fired. There might have been some weeks or some segments we'd get excited for, but, like, we didn't in, have, I like... I think in 16 we were fired up to watch SmackDown for a couple months. Yeah. No, well, see, this is, this is the thing. When we first started the show... I remember right after WrestleMania, Raw was good for like three months every week. And then the brand split started and then it went back to trash. So so you think I'm like remembering it a little differently than the way it might have played out? No, like, like I said, like Raw wasn't as bad as it is now. But I remember through that one point after WrestleMania when Shane took over, Raw was good un- leading up until the brand split actually happened. Yeah, like, I really just feel like, and this is maybe, like, the easiest way to break down, like, the difference and why I think AEW is looming larger than people are giving it credit for. Uh, Because people watch Raw because it's like, well, I've been watching it for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It's just what I do. I watch Raw. You watch it out of habit. Very rarely do I think any one of us have watched Raw in the last three years and couldn't wait to see Raw next week. Like, most of the time, by, you know, 10.14 or 10.22, we, like, can't wait for it to be over. But AEW, now, some of this is because it's new, but, like, you can't wait for the next thing. And I think there's going to be that feeling for, like, a while. And I think it's it, I think that's going to be hard for WWE to compete with. Because there's nothing and they could I, do to match that. Something to agree with that point. Now, obviously, we're talking about a huge different scale when you compare 20 minutes versus two hours and 20 minutes or two hours when you take out the commercials. But, I mean, it's one of those things like I I know you guys can probably relate to this and we both got friends that can relate to this. Like, I get done – if I ever watch Raw live, either by the third hour or by the time I'm done, by the third hour I'm, I'm asking myself, 
why am I watching this? Like, why do I still watch this? And then by the end of it, it's going to be like, oh my God, it's 11 o'clock. And I really, I really just watched this for three hours. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really can't did believe it. it. And like, I beat myself up for it. Now, again, that, you know, we're comparing three hours, but I know every Monday personally, and, and I would, uh, to beat up with them a little bit, I know the past like two months, every, uh, being the elite hasn't been amazing but i i would say for the most part i get done watching being the elite on a monday and i'm like man i can't wait till next monday for it to come again yeah there's just a level of like excitement and anticipation for it that wwe can't generate right now uh alo i know you you said how much you love the samoa joe ricochet match and obviously feel free to talk about it but what i want to know is how do you feel about samoa joe inserting himself in the WWE Championship picture on Tuesday night, or was it Monday night? Monday night. Monday. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I Anybody thought... could be on any show whenever they want now. <laughs> well, as I stated on month, stated uh, before the show started, they're really trying to make me want to give them twenty dollars to see Extreme Rules in person. Is it because it's... of that? That that's one re- one of the reasons. Because, like I said, like I didn't you know, know he's a big Mark Calloway fan. <laughs> I am. I am. But like. They always do this to us. Like they always like, they always like, they always throw Joe in there, and then Joe's always excellent when he's in the the forefront of everything. He never he always delivers, and when he did the Cole, I thought it was fantastic. But I just know it's not going to lead to anything because they're probably having wrap the title to try title at SummerSlam to whoever. But I'm just like they always pull our string when it comes to Samoa Joe. He's excellent, and I would whenever he's in the championship scene, well, the main Universal title scene or WWE title scene. I'm always interested because he always delivers, but I just know he's not going to win. So, Eck, I know last week, there were two things Eck said. One, he really sold me on the idea of how much he's enjoyed Kofi's title reign, like how much he's defended the title and had really good matches on a regular basis. And he mentioned just last week how, like, we've been clamoring for Joe to get an opportunity, and he's probably never really going to get it. And now, like, he's... I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he's, like, right back in the title picture, like, just like that. Um, Do you think Kofi having a story with Joe boosts Kofi even more? I would agree, because it's someone that we all know is a monster, and it's someone that's larger in comparison to him just going against Ziggler, and, you know, they're pretty close to the same size. Yeah, Alo. What about you? My my thing is like I, I think I think Aaron hit it like spot on because Joe does such so good in this role when when he's when he's the guy chasing the title as a monster it is so good and I feel like it's the perfect thing to kind of make up for his loss the night prior but it, it's sad it's one of those things it's like being a fan of him and enjoying his work similar to like enjoying what Ziggler does in the ring. I said last week, like I would like Ziggler to win the WWE title. It's never going to happen. I would like Samoa Joe to win the WWE title. It's never going to happen. Alo, <laughs> do you think there's a chance Joe ends up getting a title at some point? Even don't if it's just, with, even if it's just for a, a couple time. weeks. Do you, don't tease me with a good time. So you don't <laughs> see, because even see, see this petty ass company, they'll even do this. They would give Joe the title just so Brock can cash in on him. And then yeah. I, I'll be pissed. 
I, I would rather him not even hold it if they ever did that to him. Um. Yeah, I mean, I w- it wouldn't shock me. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. And this is the thing with Joe. Joe is one of the rare characters in wrestling because we always say, well, writers always say, mainly Brian Gerard James, that wins and losses mm-hmm. don't matter. Joe lost at stomping grounds, and you forgot about it the next night because Joe's the one of those guys. He could lose, you forget all about it because the way his character is and the way he carries himself. Yeah, and he genuinely makes you feel, as a viewer, like he has really just hurt someone. Yeah. Like, it's not like he... I don't, I don't, it, it's just something about him is different. It, it's very similar to, to things we've talked about with Shayna Baszler a lot. Like, when she's in a match, like you feel like she's really beating the shit out of somebody. And that's yeah. how you feel with Joe. There's, like, a realism to it that, that you don't get with a lot of other people. Um, Eck, how did you feel about Joe and Ricochet? And how do you feel about I, Ricochet I getting the title? I, I'm happy for Rick- Ricochet. I enjoyed the uh, segment after he won when he got his photo shoot. Uh, him and, you know, the with the good brothers. Uh, I enjoyed that. However, I, I got to stick to my, my words from last week. I do hate the whole idea of, like, Joe being awarded the championship and his first defense, he loses it. Yeah, it sucks. But it's cool that he's on to, like, greener pastures now. In the words of one of my closest friends, it's just a nitpick. (laughs) Is this $20 thing real, by the way? Well, I'm joking because, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm not giving this company any money. Unless it's, unless it's a figure, and that's it. Pass was thinking about it. I, I wasn't thinking about it, but I was like, are they really that desperate that they're already making these tickets twenty dollars? Yeah, and, and if they do, and if they are at a mall giving away tickets, I may end up at that mall because because I'm making progress. Because if you ask Eric, I wouldn't even go for free last month. <laughs> yeah, for me, there's no way I would go to Extreme Rules. It's my least favorite pay per view on the the calendar. I have no interest in it. Even even if it was free, I wouldn't go. Um, anything of note to say about the the New Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn or Roman versus Drew Galloway? Neither. Uh, but the, the Owens, Zayn, and New Day tag match, that was really good. Which shouldn't surprise <laughs> any of us. Like, they're all great. Even though I have no idea what they're doing with them. Yeah. And I think we're any all happy when Xavier gets a chance to, to get in the ring. Uh, any other thoughts on stomping grounds? Nope. I hope it's not a pay-per-view next year. <laughs> well, so a, a couple other things I have in my notes. First thing, Kane came out. Well, Glenn came out and criticized fans for criticizing... Goldberg and The Undertaker and he said you should just be looking at it like we never thought we'd ever get to see this who the hell ever even wanted to see it nobody wanted to see it nobody needed to see it what (laughs) Pash I I, I know you hate Bill Uh uh-huh but but remember uh, as I always say and that's and that's and this is how writers see it it's just for the picture that's all it's for. Oh, I, I get Go- from Bill is terrible. I get from WWE's perspective, they think William is something important or something special. Uh, you don't think Biggie Dan wanted to see this match? 
so yeah, he probably did, sure. But that's one guy out of you know two or three million people that watch. I, to me, like the vast majority of fans, it is not a match they ever even thought of. Like, oh, you know what? A I lot of people in that crowd. I don't think a lot of people in that crowd. That crowd probably dreamt it up big time. <laughs> I don't think Goldberg ever wrestled the Undertaker. I can't believe we never got to see that. I don't think that crossed most people's minds. Um, and look, I have an issue with people being critical of like this person shouldn't be the main star. You know, it should be like the workers and not the guys that they think are stars. But I think like when something's not good, it's not bad to say it's not good. Like you have every right to say that sucked. And by all accounts, that sucked. It sucked so bad that the Undertaker had to immediately come back <laughs> to I'm try to show everybody that. it's not it wasn't my fault, guys. <laughs> because again, I didn't watch it, but I know it, whatever he did on Monday night did not look as bad as what he did in Jeddah a, a few weeks ago. I don't know if I don't know if you read a certain excerpt, but that is Xbox exact words oh, for why really? he came out. That's his exact <laughs> words. No, that was just my thought. As soon as I saw that he came out, my first instinct was like to make fun of it like I always do and say like, oh, I can't wait till the NBA brings back Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. and Yeah, like his co-host, they were like, I'm can't so wait till Dan Marino starts at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins this year. <laughs> like His co-hosts were like so like, yeah, like I can see it in a way. I can understand. And Xbox like, no, like. It has nothing to do with WrestleMania. Like, they may try to tell you that, but Taker showed up just to get it fresh in everyone's mind that that match, it wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, like, I am not that. I may not be the Phenom anymore, but I am not that. <laughs> I may not be the American Badass anymore. And as much as you guys know, here here's something I want to say about The Undertaker, because I think, like, I, the way that I maybe have come across as unfair to Sami Zayn at times even though I love him because I always use him as like the example of the annoying fan the Undertaker I have kind of used as, a, as an example of like I don't want to see these old guys anymore in 2019 but like the Undertaker it, you can make a, a legitimate case that he is the greatest wrestler of all time he's not my favorite I wouldn't put him at the top but like there is a case to be made he's got maybe the most iconic character of all time. Uh, his success at WrestleMania, even not just the streak, but like the fact that he won, what, 22, 23 matches at WrestleMania? How many other guys have even had 20 matches at WrestleMania, let alone won that many? Like, he is truly a legend and one of the greatest of all time and legitimately has a claim as possibly the greatest of all time. I don't want to ever come across like I don't respect everything he did. I just don't need to see him now. Um, so I, but I did want to make that clear that like I'm I'm proud of him that he kind of like was like, yo, I'm not gonna let this guy stink stay on me. Like I don't want everybody <laughs> saying I suck. So he came right back and just showed everybody like I I'm better than that. Uh, so I'm proud of him for that. Uh, but other than that, like, okay, we have to obviously talk about it. Our truth winning what, his seventh, eighth, and ninth title? Yes. yes. <laughs> this week. So good. 
So this is one of the first comments. Quote the art truth, nevermore. <laughs> this is one of the, I like that. Because um, I believe he did say that, that he was gunning for Raven. Yes, he is. Um, Him beater. This was maybe my first comment about the 24-7 championship was, does our truth get to 10 title reigns before Charlotte? And Alo, when he was texting me before the, before the show started during the pre-show on Sunday night, he said, like, I want to see him get to 10 by the time we do the show on Wednesday night. Cause like, I want him to officially beat Charlotte to, to double digits. And like, I love that he's not on the pay-per-view. But then somehow he still ends up at nine, twenty four seven championship <laughs> reigns anyway. <laughs> like I really and like my God, the him hiding in the in the broken down penalty box backstage <laughs> with Carmella was great. Uh, I loved his segment with with Drake Maverick again this week, and it, it oh, was Miss him. TV, you see the Miss TV one? Uh, I don't remember if I saw that or not. What happened? It was on Raw when um, Drake oh, Maverick was he looked like uh, Jake the Pirate or whatever from the yeah. show. I did see that, yeah. He's he's so good. This has been such a godsend for WWE programming. And apparently we have to give a lot of credit to Vince because Vince has been the number one fan of our truth allegedly, backstage. So Vince, as much as I like to destroy you at every opportunity, I will give you credit for the, the one time the blind squirrel found the nut, which was our truth as one of the greatest champions in WWE history. Alo? I like I said, that whole Miss TV segment, that was fantastic with him saying that people wrestlers keep coming to my house. They keep saying my car's up my car's mm-hmm. on fire and stuff. It's like I ain't I ain't stupid. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but laugh when he said you, um, Drake Maverick, he was saying he consummate, he yeah. didn't consummate the marriage yet, but he was like, you can, you need fiber for that. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pulled off as only truth could. Um, he's excellent. He's he's so much fun. This title has been a lot of fun for the time that it has been there. It's one of the things that everybody who tunes in on Monday and Tuesday nights is waiting to see, and you can't say that about a lot of things. Um. And you know what? I am not a big EC3 guy, as you know, but I love that. Because I feel like he has low-key played, like, a fun part in the Drake Maverick R-Truth stuff. And I love that he got, like, the one second to be the 24-7 champion. I know. I I wish he still had the cup while he won. (laughs) Because he's been holding that cup a lot. Yeah, and it's funny because I think once I stopped seeing EC3 as a guy that they were going to, like, try to turn into something... It's like I see there's like he's better than what I would have what what I thought he would have been. Uh so mm-hmm. I, I I've earned he's earned a little bit of my respect in the last few weeks with the work he's done with Drake and and Truth. Uh No Bray Wyatt. Now pass pass just to satisfy uh-huh. you since um Charlotte merges all her women's championships to get to her nine. If you do all of our truths twenty four seven championships, he's at ten. <laughs> so yeah, with the hardcore title too. So. Yeah, that's very true. Ironically, he pinned the Raven for his hardcore championship. So it's coming full circle. That that's long term storytelling. His hero. <laughs> Jeez. It's like two decades of storytelling. <laughs> um, can't wait to see. Can't wait to see Raven pull it with the grocery cart to win it. 
That would be awesome. I'll cry. I would love like that to me. That's where you start utilizing these old guys because like they can't, they shouldn't be having matches anymore. But that you could just throw them in there to have like a fun twenty four seven victory. Why not? Besides, and, and another random question besides the uh, besides Jinder Mahal getting pinned or in the um, or in the plane, like every title is almost changing from a damn roll up. Yeah, yeah, they're all like surprise roll ups. <laughs> almost everyone. Yeah, and I love Carmelo running away with the title. <laughs> yeah, uh, them running away from a crowd will never get old to me. They could do it on both shows every week for eternity, and I will be so happy when I come across that video on YouTube. Um, no Bray Wyatt this week, but we did have like the puppets in the background a couple times. We had Mercy the Buzzard in the background at one point. We had... Um, Abby the Witch in the background at one point. I don't know if there was any allusions to Bray on Tuesday night on SmackDown. Do you guys think that it's a mistake to have, you know, nine weeks in a row you have the Firefly Funhouse. And then after the ninth one, you go a whole week where he's not there. Was he mentioned at all? No. No, but I I like this puppet thing. I didn't catch it live, but I saw it. Either like a, it was probably the next morning. I saw it on social media. I, I hate to say it. As a fan, it should make you want to pay more attention to the show, and I think that's their plan or their goal. So then you yeah. think it's good that they they did a little bit of a tease this weekend? Yes, yes. Yeah. Because, because I'm they... one of those like attention to detail. Like if something's good, like or, or like if I if I'm in a room. And I miss something, but I see everyone reacting. I want to rewind and know what I missed. So it's one of those things. Like I saw that the next day, and it's like, ah, nah. Like, do I <laughs> do I go and rewatch those two segments, or next week do I got to pay more attention? Has there been any other like news about him or anything or rumors? No. Okay. And that's the one thing I like because I think I think they did it three times, but I don't. I only recall. I think it was the Miz and Kofi. I don't remember the third person. It might have been one of the women. But if it only happened once, you would kind of assume that that's who he will be feuding with. Right. But the same, but since they did it with three different times, then it, it, it keeps you guessing. Right, like they and didn't it, even tip us off as to who it is yeah. he's after. Yeah, and then yeah. I, I did see something on Facebook that made me laugh. Uh, they said WWE's out here dropping Easter eggs like it's Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, or the, what I thought of it with him going from like random people to the Miz to the WWE champion. It reminded me of what Pat said last week about he wants Bray Wyatt to just terrorize the whole roster. That's what I. That is definitely what I want. Like I wanted that with the Wyatt family. I was like, just let them be this thing that like everyone there is terrified of, and it didn't happen. There were like moments you got it, and I think with this, like David put so much into it and it's gotten so much praise, I feel like they sh- really should like try to go as far with it as they can. I- I'm, yeah. I-, I think I'm also just impatient. Like I I look forward. I-, I said this on the show last week. Like I go back and watch them. And even before we recorded, we sat down and recorded the show, I watched all of them again. And I, I just really enjoy them. I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, and maybe next week... You- 
maybe you'll you'll see elements of the theme, like maybe the lights will flicker on and off, or like maybe like you'll see like like one of the um, the puppets again, or maybe like maybe even a puppet like dead. Maybe somebody's walking and they come across Mercy the Buzzard is is dead, you know, or maybe like. The fiend's like hiding and lurking in the shadows or something like that. And you know, a perfect person to find the fiend would be our truth. <laughs> he would be good, and I, I feel like Xavier Woods would be good because he was notably like the one person that was truly terrified of Bray. Like that wasn't that right before the brand split. Like they had that big feud, yeah. and then you didn't you didn't see them anymore. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to him being a part of the show. I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do. Um. Yeah, I mean, our truth honestly would be great. So, prediction time from you two, and then we'll move on. Do you think we see like any elements of the old Bray, or do you think this is one hundred percent like new? And I, I by elements, the- I don't mean like we won't see his move set or whatever, because I think that's going to be the same. But like music wise and stuff like like, do you think he's going to be like himself, or do you think he's he's just brand new? I'm going to stick with exactly what I said last week. I think the right thing to do is to give him his old music when he comes out and then have him win his first match and then play the Firefly um, Firefly theme song, Funhouse theme song. I think that should be his victory music. And Ayla, what do you think? Any elements of the old Bray or is this all new character? Yeah, I think this is all new. And I, and I honestly don't even think like he'll get an entrance really, for me for a little bit. He just might get pop ups. Hmm. I I honestly I like that too. Uh, I wouldn't complain about that at all. But uh, if he did come out, I would love him to come out at, with the Mister Rogers outfit with the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm like torn about that. Like I want to see it, but I also like I, I want to see the Fiend. But I I like the idea of him being like torn and and going back and forth. Uh, anything else from the weekly shows this week that needs to be discussed? Uh, I'll let Aaron go. AJ and Ricochet, that's new. And I'm actually interested to see that because AJ pinned Ricochet on Raw. And AJ had the thing going on with Gals and Anderson now where he's kind of like disappointed in them or whatever. And they're kind of, even though they're on the way out, they're telling the story of how they're not they're not winning matches and AJ's trying to get them on the right track. So we might get a heel AJ Styles sooner than later. Cause he, it, we have to assume he is going to face Ricochet at extreme rules for the U S title. So I'll be completely honest because I did, uh, I fell asleep during the end of this match, but that was <laughs> due to lack of sleep over the weekend. Um, did he, he won that clean? I'm guessing Aaron. Yeah, he won clean. Okay. He, he, he even raised uh, Ricochet's hand after the match. Cool. So like after, like, I'm sure the next coming weeks you'll see like Gallows and Anderson get get, get a pep talk from AJ because AJ has been like in their face the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and it, again, it was something that on social media, the little that I did see, people were like raving about it. And to me, that's like a, a high quality main event match on a weekly show. Like that's something you don't get every week. What do you guys think about this new? push to have these like best two out of three fall so they could break up the commercial breaks <laughs> how long is it going to so take for that to get old is it already old <laughs> yes because i think it's weird in tag matches i feel like we've gotten two tag matches back to back 
Yeah, it seems odd to me. They, they worry about, like, the wrong stuff. Like, of all the things you could say, you know what, maybe we should change this about the show. That's not the thing I would change. You know, we need more two out of three falls matches, so we can go to commercial after each fall. Like, uh, no, that's not what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else in the world of wrestling as a whole that needs to be talked so, about? Because I haven't seen much. I guess I guess my last thing, and I'm going to keep it WWE, just to hear your guys' opinion on it. And I think I know where you both stand. So we kind of skimmed over it. Undertaker shows up. We got Extreme Rules. We got the a tag match. Uh, McIntyre and McMahon versus Reigns and Undertaker. Any interest you guys care about this at all? And second, where are you guys currently on Shane? Ayla, you can go first. Well... Low on the low, Shane has been like a really good heel for the last few months. It's just the fact that we don't really we have like real low investment at this point because I understand I completely understand what they're doing with Roman here because you don't you don't want to put Roman right back in the title scene. But I kind of think Galloway isn't even though he's like he's menacing. He's not. I don't I don't really like the pairing with with him and Shane. You know I don't really. It doesn't really like strike any fear, or whatever. Like when Vince was like the head honcho and he, running heel, he had he had a whole he had the corporation, he had the big the boss man, he had the Undertaker, he had every uh, he had henchmen. Shane just has Elias. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. He had Vince. Oh, Shane just has Elias and Galloway at this point. Well, but you now know? he's got the revival too. If that if that's even a thing on a weekly basis, but it's just. It's just what it's just whatever. Like Shane, like even went in Saudi. They went corporate for him. <laughs> even Shane went in at like at, at super at super showdown. I thought it was actually really good. I thought I, I didn't watch it, but I thought the fact that he actually won, and and where he became the known as the best in the world was actually a smart move and got him good to heal heat. But I just don't think that Galloway is the guy to actually be with him. And I like Galloway. It's just the fact that. I don't think Shane's doing anything for Galloway. I like the the week he was in street clothes and they were like both basically like matching t-shirt, jeans, leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked good together that week. Did they have I matching when, sneakers uh, or no? No. I doubt it. No, he probably had something <laughs> stupid on his foot. Shane Shane had that work on his feet two two Mondays in a row. <laughs> uh so my feelings are I'm not interested. But that's not so much about the match as, like, I'm not interested in the pay-per-view at all. Uh, how do I feel about Shane? There's a part of me that thinks they're overexposing him. Like, it's too much him. But I agree with what Alo said about him becoming, like, such a good heel. And this is actually something Laugh texted me months ago. I think this might have been right after Kofi won the title. He said, like, they should let Shane run with this best in the world thing, let him be a heel, and let him be the one to beat Kofi. Like, that will piss people off more than anything else. If, that's like, been, Shane that's is been the, the reports. Yeah, so, like, that was something he said to me probably on that Monday or Tuesday after Mania. And when he texted me, I was like, that's actually really good because it will piss people off. And that's ultimately the goal of your heels is to piss people off. So while I think it's a little too much and he's another guy that's like a little too old to be in such a prominent position, 
I do think what they're doing with him is working. Like it's it's doing what it's intended to do. Why? What do you think? I I absolutely love love it. Everything about it. I, I think, uh, and there might even be a fourth person for like the conversation of like these old timers that come back kind of in this role. Like when we we got Angle back, we got Shane back, we had Foley back, all in that like GM role. I think even I don't know if we would say Daniel Bryan before he was cleared to wrestle, but I know like all those guys majority of our friends you guys all got like sick of them in that role and it was just kind of like to me i was just like all right well like you know specifically with shane i never saw nothing terrible he was doing the you know three or four matches every year he would have they always delivered and then we just got him i think two or three you know two or three episodes of either raw or smackdown i think he's had one match on smackdown two on raw but like those always deliver so that's something that always keeps me interested in them. And I, I didn't have the conversation with Laugh, but like Aaron said, I, I saw the report about him becoming WWE champion, <laughs> kind of paying homage to his dad doing it in 99 or whatever year it was. I, I love it. I'm here for it because that, like, I remember being a kid hating the idea of Vince being the champion. I can only <laughs> imagine what you thought at your age at the time. But, like, I think the idea is so good. It is. Like like I said, it will piss people off. Alo. Yeah, and I kind of like the fact that, because no matter what, WWE, they're going to follow the same formula of the authority figure or the McMahon in the evil role position. I, I, I prefer Shane in that role more than Triple H. Because I've been saying for years, Triple H, if, if, if Triple H played the role of Vince or whatever, it's different because Triple H is a legit badass and is a 14-time world champion. So he just can't go out and lose every week and he's actually a viable opponent shane shane's a part-time wrestler who can actually go but when he wins it'll get under your skin triple h doing that it really won't get under your skin yeah like they so shane obviously when he first started wrestling was no like that was part of his character was like he wasn't really a tough guy he wasn't one yeah. of the wrestlers and that was part yeah. of like the enjoyment of it yeah young simba Yes, uh, but then he started doing like the super crazy stuff, and then he started to actually get good, and now he's obviously a lot bigger, I feel like, than he was back then. He's obviously done a lot of like legit like MMA training and stuff like that, and at his age, he could still do a lot of the crazy stuff he used to do. Uh, so yeah, like he's... He's not as viable as Triple H, obviously, because Triple H was like one of the more dominant performers of his generation. But like, he's not—he's not Vince. He's not like he should get his ass kicked every time he goes out there. Like, he, they've done a good job of presenting him as someone who's actually can compete. He, you may not think he's like better than Roman Reigns or better than whoever else, but you at least believe like he can go in there and compete with those guys, and that. Because you think he shouldn't be as good as them, it does make it annoying when he does win. Like, the way he beat The Miz in whatever that match was, I don't remember what the stipulation was, false count anywhere, like, I loved it. Yeah. Like, it was like just such a good way for him to win. So, yeah, I I'm on board with it. Um, now, Alo, would you be cool with Shane being the champion, or you're just saying, like, you've heard that stuff too? Uh... At at this point, I really don't care. Uh, it's just about, uh, for me. It's all about 
which how you present it on television. That's all I really care about. And when, if let's say Shane does win the title, what does Shane do with it? Like, imagine the heat he would get. And this, this, I think this would do something for him. Imagine if he just got the title and just handed it over to Galloway. Yeah. And then Galloway loses it on his first defense because that's what people do in WWE <laughs> when you're awarded a title. Um, so if you guys don't have any other wrestling stuff, and before we get to questions, something I wanted to mention uh, I, that I've never discussed on the show. You guys obviously both know who Shia LaBeouf is, correct? Yes. Okay, so Shia LaBeouf is someone... Even Stevens. Yes. I loved that kid on Even Stevens. My sister Lisa, who's like five years younger than me, used to watch Even Stevens. And what I about Indiana it. Jones? I did not like that Indiana Jones, but I was like was happy for him that he got in it. But like I loved him His on hair Even was Stevens. Money in that movie. His what? His hair. Oh yeah, it was. Um, loved him on Even Stevens. Thought he was hilarious. Uh, he did a movie when he was pretty young where he played someone who had like a mental disability that he was really good in. I don't know if either of you guys would remember this show from HBO. Probably not. It was a long time ago, but project Greenlight, where Matt, da- Matt Damon and Ben Affleck would, you know, people could submit scripts and directors could submit reels and they would pick a, a screenplay and a director to make a movie from scratch. And Shia LaBeouf was like the main character in one of the movies they made. I thought he was awesome on that show. I, I think he's always been great when he's been like a talk show guest. I love that guy, and I always have. Even through all of his troubles and run-ins with the law and him doing some crazy weird stuff, always like that's a guy I'll always go down with the ship with because I really like him. I think he's a really talented guy. He has a new movie coming out. I'm not sure if either of you saw the trailer for it, but it's called Peanut Butter Falcon. And the story is about this guy who I guess is probably supposed to be somewhere between the age of like 18 and 25 who has Down syndrome and all he wants is to be a pro wrestler. And he runs away from home to try to enroll into a wrestling school. And Shia LaBeouf's character like meets him along the way and tries to get him into this wrestling school. I don't know when the movie comes out. I think it looks really good. Uh, I think it's always cool when like something that involves pro wrestling gets put into like a mainstream thing. I can't wait to see it. Um, and to me, that that's my recommendation to both of you and anyone listening. Go on YouTube when this show is over. Type in Peanut Butter Falcon. And just watch the trailer. I think it looks like a really good movie, and I'm very excited for it. Almost as excited as I am for Spider-Man on Tuesday. Tuesday already? Yeah. July this, 2nd. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be in the movies like what, <laughs> three, two, three days in a row. Yeah. And they're, they're re-releasing Endgame over the weekend with, I think, some added scenes in it. Yeah. Um, I got to see Toy Story. Oh yeah, I haven't even seen Toy Story three. Really, bring, bring I should tissues. Probably do. Yeah, bring tissues. <laughs> and my other recommendation for anyone who hasn't seen it uh, today, Into the Spider Verse became available on Netflix. So if you haven't seen it, watch it, it because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I loved it. Was it. Great. 
I thought it was awesome. I got choked up a bit. Me too. I, th- I really thought it was good. <laughs> Yo, you bring tissues to every movie. <laughs> you do. I love the idea of seeing Alo sit down, put his big soda down, his popcorn in his lap, and his box of tissues on the other armrest. He, he's paying homage <laughs> to the 90s. Aaron's playing homage to the 90s, and he's going to go see Chucky this week with a box of tissues. <laughs> My girl Aubrey Plaza's in it, so maybe I'll see uh, I love, I love her. Me too. She's um, awesome. I love her. <laughs> Have you ever seen Legion? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a FX? few episodes she, of it. She's fantastic. Yeah, I love her. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to put a, a plug in there for Shia LaBeouf. He's never gotten a mention on this show, and I'm a huge fan, so I thought I would do it based on it being about pro wrestling. Um... So we have anything in the way of listener questions? Yes. Uh, before I go to that, any thoughts on Fighter Fest this weekend? Um, I don't uh, know a lot about I'm, it. I know I'm looking forward to uh, Moxley and Janela. Uh, the six man tag looks like that should be pretty good as well. I, yeah, it's a six man tag this weekend, right? Not the yeah, brothers versus tag. brothers. Uh, yeah, that one looks good. Yeah, because when when they first announced it. I, I said that this is the weakest of the shows they're going to put on before they debut on TV. So yeah, I think I thought it was a great idea to make it free. And then the hey, fact. Exactly. And then it also gets the smaller names out there because a lot of people on the card I, I never really even seen or heard of before. Uh, Cody going, Cody's facing Darby Allen. I've never seen a Darby Allen match. And Me either. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. Uh, the six man tag should be the big thing. And, um, the Fatal Four Way, uh, Jungle Boy, MJF, Hangman Page, and I forgot the other person in it. I'm looking forward to that. Even though I, I expect MJF to win, but that's the match I'm looking most forward to. What's it on? Like, how can you watch it? The Havoc Havoc Bowl is the fourth man. Okay, uh, Bleach Report Live or whatever it's called. Okay. So I'm sure it'll be on YouTube, on Bleach Report's YouTube page. Yeah, I mean, look. Um... So I have not. In been... the words of Chris Jericho, we could all just pull up to South Brandywine Street and drink some yeah boys with your boys. <laughs> yeah, even though I'm not like, my mind has not been fully engaged in wrestling. I am excited for anything because you is haven't coming... had any yeah boys with your boys. Maybe, uh, but I'm excited for anything that AEW does because it seems like yeah, this ma- this show won't be as big as the last one or the one before. But there will be some excitement coming out of it. I think they will gain some new fans from this show. And I think they will keep their momentum going forward. And uh, the next big one is, what, August? Uh, yeah, All Out. What's the date of that oh, one? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, uh, Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen is Ju- next month in July. Then it's All Out. Fight for the Fallen is a bigger deal than what Fighter Fest is. So yeah, they're they're building momentum to their TV debut, which I'm super excited about that. Uh, so yeah, I think it's I think it's good, like you said, to expose some of the lesser known guys because you kind of need that. It can't just be all about yeah. Jericho. And uh, you know, Moxley obviously he won the uh, New Japan U.S. title in New Japan. He's had some smaller American indies, but this is going to be his biggest you know match in the states. Since he's had a tactical vest on. And this is his first official AEW match, right? Yep. Indubitably. Yeah, so that's awesome. And I, I wish them luck. I hope they get a lot of viewers, and I hope they get a lot of new fans. Um, any questions? Him and Janelle is 
should be really good. Yes, uh, we had a question. Well, first of all, all right, I got somebody has something to say to prep. Okay. This is from Raul. All right. <laughs> Tell Prep to keep my name out of his mouth. He'll get a title <laughs> shot when he's worthy of one. <laughs> now this leads in this leads into Prep's question. Okay. It's not about Raul, but I'm not getting into that. Hey, none of my business. <laughs> here, let, here, let me read the statement, but I ain't getting into it. <laughs> I'm just a messenger. Anyway, is Seth wrong for coming at Moxie like that? For one, I believe Moxie was completely justified. And two, I have no doubt in my mind, Seth would have done the same. So my first thought was, are they putting him up to it? Because they've obviously done that in situations before where they've had their talent say things on social media that they wanted them to say about a certain subject. So, like, part of me thinks he's being put up to it because a lot of what Seth said, I don't think really um, resonated with the things that Moxley said. Like, Moxley said, like, I enjoyed my time there. I got a lot out of it there. Like, I'm not trying to disrespect them. But, like, here were my problems. Like, he did not just bury them. He, I thought that he was, like, fair and gave, like, honest critiques. But then Seth tried to paint it as, like, oh, he took his ball and went home. And, you know, if you're not going to say anything when you're here, you shouldn't leave here and start talking about it. And it's like, clearly he did talk about it while he was there. And he was miserable while he was there. And he got out when he could. And he left in, like, I think a very honorable way. Um, yeah. So part of me thinks that they put him up to it. Part of me thinks it's like a little weird what Seth is doing, like being like a little too much of a cut. Who likes the guy at work that loves the company? <laughs> like, Alo, if you got a coworker that's just gassing up the post office, you probably don't <laughs> like that guy. Heck, if you got a guy that's going on and on about what a great work environment Scott Honda is, we got the best cars in the business. Period. That's Eric in the commercial. <laughs> that guy's probably annoying to you. That, that's me drunk in a Saturday. <laughs> that's probably a guy who annoys you. Uh, and I found it like a little bit annoying, but I do think he was put up. Everybody to pisses me off at that place. But maybe he's trying. Maybe he's truly trying to take the torch from Triple H, and be the <laughs> ultimate company I think, guy. I think what happened is somebody said, "Here, look. If you say." These lines in an interview will make sure Brock cashes in for the other belt. <laughs> so do you, do you also think there's a good chance he was told to say this stuff? Yeah, because kind of like similar to what you were just saying, like one of his lines was, yeah, some people aren't built for our schedule. But like Ambrose like kind of raved about like traveling and getting to see the world. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't complain about the schedule. Like that wasn't even one of his complaints. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff he said was like, not really stuff that Moxley said. Yeah. And at the same time, y'all were together at the same time. So what are you talking about? They're not built. You're not, you're not built for the, for the travel. Right. You were there. You guys were there the same duration. So right. Really like you, matter. and you did a lot of it directly together. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. And, like you said, Pash, like all his comments were justified. He didn't really destroy WWE. He just talked about what the process was and vented his frustrations. And he went out as peaceful as possible. Talked about how he only got paid. Let's not forget, Seth, Seth cried when he left. 
so maybe he's just upset. Yeah. And at the same time, Possibly. like you said, Am- Am- Ambrose went out honorable. You know, he uh, he talked about how he only got paid $500 for that network special or whatever, and that's what, like, an extra get. Or, and he talked about how he, he wanted to do it, do whatever he wanted. He was even even the whole Nia Jax thing. He was, like, fine or whatever. But what, what, what does it mean? And and he, he and when, when uh, his contract expired, he let it he let it run out with no complaints. Didn't even get it wasn't even on WrestleMania, and just he went out quietly and he keeps all his royalties. So I don't know how she can go out. That right. sounds pretty peaceful to me. Yeah, like he couldn't have done it, it any better. Tell me to do. Yeah, so like this was the one that I think made me like roll my eyes. And don't get me wrong, I love Seth, and I think he is awesome and i think he has given me so much entertainment um but this one somebody said seth i love you but seriously dude dial it down a notch and his reply is nah dog let me dial it up i've sat back and watched idiots with no clue talk poorly about the place i dedicate my life to every hour of every day the level i perform at on constant is untouchable time to let them know it's like, Seth, nobody is saying you're not good. Like, you pretty much are widely respected as, like, one of those guys who is among the greatest. I just think this is, like, unnecessary and it comes off as kind of weird. And that one in particular, like, ah, people are talking bad about where I work. Like, so what? Like, people aren't talking bad about you. People aren't saying you're not one of the best in the world. People are saying this show sucks. And it yeah, does. He's all tight. People, people complain about... Um... You know, the post office delivering packages wrong or late all the time. You don't see Aaron crying about it on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've never once seen that. I speak for myself. <laughs> I speak for myself. And Pash might be the one hyping up the post office soon. <laughs> I did, so that was like part of... I guess I might as well say this. Like the, the, the thing that really messed me up yesterday and the last few days was there was this job that I thought for sure I was going to get. I had to do all this reading. I had to take this huge exam, like, to be approved to get this job. And I figured, like, I'm going to have this job at the end of it. It was a work-from-home job, which I kind of wanted because I could still focus more of my time on, like, my eating and my exercise and stuff like that. Um, and when I finished the test, I basically was told, like, oh, the, the northeast region of the United States, we have a lot of people already doing this job. We kind of have filled our quota with the Northeast region. We need to be filling out these positions from other parts of the country. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I just invested all this time in this, all this effort in this. And I thought, like, all right, I have a job at the end of this. And then to just all of a sudden, I don't, like, sent me into a tailspin. And I spent, like, the whole night just applying for every job that was open. Like, didn't matter what it was. And I did apply for two uh, postal service jobs. One was a... uh, city carrier assistant um and one was i think like uh i think it was like a customer service job working like in the actual post office (laughs) they hire people for that yeah uh so those were two that i that i applied for getting paid paid to let the phone ring (laughs) yeah so we'll see We'll, we'll see how it goes, but but I'm not carrying the water for the I'm not carrying the water for the post office. That won't be me. I won't, I won't carry the water for any job I have. I don't think have to be a really special job for me to do it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, that's a good question, Prep. And like, I'm, I'm glad that he brought up this question because it was something I had been thinking about for a few days and I forgot to put it in my notes. Yeah, it just kind of like rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Doesn't make me like him any less. Doesn't make me any less of a fan. I just think it's kind of like, eh, he need to do that, really? Yeah. And one of the things I think people have said about like AEW, like taking shots at WWE... Uh, at double or nothing we're like oh let it let your product stand on its own don't make it about the competition like you, clearly they are butthurt about AEW and that's what this is all about and that to me is like you're you claim how you're this worldwide company how you're like one of the biggest companies in the world you have more social media than the NFL and NBA and whatever but like you want to get pissy about people liking a newer smaller company like it's, they want to get pissy when they wear their t-shirts that are about yeah it, it, it should be beneath you and to me it shows how petty they are as a company um but yeah i think that was like a uh a good topic to to talk about because he took a shot at uh will osprey although Eck, do you want to be the one that addresses the response to that <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, from from the the classic um, indie inquiry. Uh, I know we uh, reviewed a, a Will Ospreay match, and I don't. Aside from prep, I don't think anyone's like some huge avid Will Ospreay fan. But post stomping ground, uh, Steph goes on a tirade on Twitter about how good WWE is, how great the cruiserweight champion championship match was, and. Name someone that goes out there and does what I do as often I do and as good as I do. And simply Will Ospreay just replies and says, I'm alive. <laughs> and <laughs> Seth, Seth guns him down and says, okay, little guy, you know, we already have someone better than you that's just like you. Uh, congratulates Ricochet for being the new United States champion. <laughs> so he he then brings up the, his bank account and says that he's got more money. And Will Ospreay says, like, you didn't bring up nothing about money. Uh, I've had more matches than you did this year. And basically insinuates, I'm not directly quoting it, insinuates, like, I do what you do just as good. And all I'm bringing up is I'm alive. Like, you, you, I said I'm alive. You right. said there was no one else doing it. So my two favorite parts, I thought the rebuttal both ways was good. I thought it was ironic that Baron Corbin kind of came to <laughs> Seth Rollins' aid. Really? I didn't and, know that. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tweeted him in there. Uh, I don't even remember what he said. Yo, man, but, Seth is so good. But the, best, <laughs> the, the two best parts, one is he's already went out there uh, and made two T-shirts. Will Ospreay, I'll go with the second one I saw, which was less as good, but it was kind of like that uh, Roots of Fight style mm -hmm. shirt. It just says little guy, and it has <laughs> his stats, like his New Japan Championships and accolades. And then the best one, it was the Seth freaking Rollins font, and it says little freaking guy, and then has like him diving in the background. Freaking great, because like, that little Twitter exchange... He's, he's about to start breaking in some pro wrestling tea bucks because people are going to eat that merch up. Like, honestly, innocence, like, Will Ospreay, 
I only can think of one match. Like, I can't. I don't think of the uh, in the inquiry like his never open weight championship match against. Um, oh, I was slipping my name. Um, Aaron, save me here. Um, other half of Golden Lovers. Oh, Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. Those two, they did have a fire match, and like that's the only match I can think of from him. But like I contemplated buying this shirt because it was so good. <laughs> uh, aside from that, my other favorite thing is Jericho jumping into the Twitter and says he is taller than you. <laughs> I loved it too. But you, you guys both know Jericho can do do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> and Jericho is with with their enemy now. And, so. and, but there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong. Like I mean, if any, like I mean, unless like you're like. Not that we're not fans of Seth Rollins, but unless like you hate every other wrestler besides Seth Rollins and he's your number one guy, like you can't be mad at Jericho for that. Like Jericho's just pointing it out, like he's boys with both of those guys, right. probably better friends with Seth, and he, you know, just he, oh, and it, he hashtags Devil's Advocate. No, I loved that. I laughed. So I literally laughed out loud at that. It's such a simple tweet, but I laughed out loud at it. And honestly, that exchange helped Will Ospreay more than anything. Like, yes, it yes. didn't hurt anyone outside of WWE. It didn't help or enhance Seth or WWE in any way. The, the, the main thing that came out of that was that that was a boost for the guy that he was talking down to. Oh, yes. speak, speaking of WWE and Jericho, how about them blacklisting the code breaker? I know. I forgot about <laughs> that, too. Petty. Oh, it, it, what do you mean by blacklisting it? They, they're, not, they're not saying the name code breaker because Ricochet asked, could he use it? Yeah, yeah, but Jericho. Jericho did tell him to that to rename it. Oh, really? Because on commentary, they were just like, "Oh, the double knee to the face." Yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know why they the I bank mean, knowing statement. Them, knowing them, I'm shocked they haven't came up with a terrible name for it. But like, I'm shocked they don't have a name for it already. Yeah, because any other time they would call, even if anybody else used it. In most wrestling, they just call it a code breaker. Yeah. Jericho kind of made it famous. Yeah, like I think it was that Monday. It was the one. It was the week they like killed Elias in the referee shirt. Jericho's podcast that came out either like Tuesday or Wednesday. He brought that up. Oh really? He just he brought up that like he got a text from Ricochet, and then, but meanwhile, like I noticed it was the code breaker. I was like, oh wow! And like they called it the double knee, whatever. And he said he's like, yeah, I just he's like, you, you yeah, go for it. Just call it something else. Hmm. But yeah, it is funny though that they're not they're not calling it that. The double knees though, very that WWE creative comes in, <laughs> swoops in again, and saves the day. I'm shocked they're not calling. It, oh wow, the, the knees are ricocheted. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be what they call it next week. We know they listen to this show. True. At least some of them do. Um, that was it for questions. Yep. All right, so uh, subscribe on iTunes. If you haven't already, please leave a five-star rating and review. Go back and listen to our throwback shows and our unsanctioned shows. Um, Alo, do you have any merch you would like to move? Yes. What a maneuver on net to embrace the mat. All right, so we hope you enjoyed the show. For Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week.
Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the Vince man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.